Hey, good morning, Thrive Church. Guess what today is? It is Sunday Fun Day. And what that means is that both of our locations, our adults are wearing their favorite sports team's jerseys, and our kids are wearing their favorite superhero costumes. So, hey, we invite you as our online campus to join in with us on this Sunday Fun Day. So if you have a favorite sports team, go ahead and put on your favorite sports team jersey. Or maybe you don't like sports and you only like superheroes. So, hey, put on your favorite superhero T-shirt or hat. Or, you know, I guess if you have a costume, you can go ahead and put that bad boy on if you really want to. I don't think that would be that weird. Or, hey, maybe you hate sports. Maybe you don't like superheroes. And you guess what? You can just be Captain Underpants in your own living room. That's kind of the really awesome thing about online campuses if you want to just be in your underwear, that's, hey, that's up to you. That's between you and the individuals that are in your house right now. But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Kings chapter 12. We're going to continue on with our series called Game of Thrones. And don't freak out on us here. This series is not based off of the television series. It is, however, based off of the kings that are found in the Bible. Now, when I was growing up, my parents probably thought this guy right here was an angel. Like, right? I couldn't do any wrong. But when I look back at the kind of person that I was when I was growing up, especially in my teenage years, I I can honestly tell you right now today, that's not true at all. I mean, I made some really bad decisions in my life. I made a lot of mistakes. And I can see now what caused me to make those mistakes. See, I didn't like getting in trouble. And so I wanted to please everybody. And what I would do is I would try to please my parents, but also try to please my friends at the same time. And a lot of times that didn't work out in the same way, right? And what happened was I was surrounding myself with some not great individuals. Now, these guys, they were not the worst people to ever exist in the history of of humanity. But what happened was when we all got together, we seemed to set each other off and we made some really, really bad decisions in our lives. And when we continue on with this series, we're going to see this kind of thing play out in a biblical way. We see a king who kind of surrounded himself with some individuals that just did not make very good decisions. So we're going to continue in in 1 Kings chapter 12. But before we do that, I want to kind of give a backdrop about what's really happening here. Now, last week we talked about King Solomon, right? He was the wisest guy in Israel's history, and he made some pretty bad decisions. And he did that because he didn't have a prophet speaking into his life. He didn't have a godly individual that challenged him and spoke truth into his life. But we also see now, as we continue to read on in the story, that Solomon has some sons. And like most families, there are some squabbles going on between those two sons. Now, that almost plays it down a little bit because it was more like a civil war between the two sons. And, the, and their names were Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And what ended up happening was the, the kingdom of Israel actually just ended up splitting down the middle. And, and King Rehoboam was in charge of the southern kingdom in Judah. 
And Jeroboam was in charge of the northern kingdom of Israel. And we're going to look now as we read on a conversation that takes place between Rehoboam and several other individuals that he has surrounded himself with. So let's look at 1 Kings chapter 12. We're going to be starting with verse 6. It says this, Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. So they give some pretty sound advice here. I'm just going to pause for a second. They give some really sound advice to King Rehoboam. Hey, if you want these guys to be on your side, if you want your subjects to love you and to support you and to go with whatever you want to go with, then you got to show them some love and some patience and some understanding. But we see that Rehoboam, he doesn't really like that answer. So let's continue on. It says, But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want, to, want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Now that is a very intense way of handling this situation. See, those older gentlemen that he surrounded himself with at first said, hey, you need to be a nice guy. You want these guys to buy into you? Be nice to them. But he didn't like that answer, did he? So what he did was he surrounded himself with other individuals who told him exactly what he wanted to hear. And what did he want to hear? He wanted to hear that he needed to be the guy to drop the hammer on everybody around him that is complaining. He needed to squash those who were complaining about every little thing happening within that kingdom. He wanted to lead with an iron fist, and he wanted individuals to tell him to lead that way. So he rejected the elder's advice, and he listened to the people who told him what he wanted to hear. And if you keep reading, you see that the people revolted, and they didn't like Rehoboam. Well, gee, I wonder why they didn't like that guy, right? But here's what we can learn from this passage here today. If you have your notes handy, you can write this down. This is your big idea for the day. It's this. Surrounding yourself with wrong people will only increase your dysfunction and will lead to destruction. I will say that again. Surrounding yourself with wrong people will only increase your dysfunction and will lead to destruction. This was my story as a teenager because I surrounded myself with individuals who made poor decisions and who gave me bad advice. I, in turn, made some really poor decisions and followed that bad advice. And it wasn't very good 
for me in the long run. And this has been some of the stories that maybe you have gone through. Maybe this is your story. Maybe you're currently in the middle of making a horrible decision because somebody gave you some horrible advice. Why does this happen? Why does this happen? It's because we surround ourselves with people who give bad advice. It's because we surround ourselves with people who just tell us what we want to hear. We surround ourselves with people who won't hurt our feelings, but instead will make us feel really good about ourselves. And we do this with media. We do this with the news. We do this with politics. We align ourselves. We watch things that agree with everything that we agree with. We don't challenge. We don't want anything to challenge what we believe. That just makes us angry. How dare they say something that goes against what I believe? So we, we put ourselves in situations where we just don't have to deal with that kind of thing. We do this with Scripture. I mean, how often have you seen in this lifetime people saying a scripture that goes along with what they're going through right now at this very moment? Or they, or they say a scripture that, that helps them feel better about their situation that they're going through right now. And how often, if you really think about it, does that scripture actually make sense to what they're going through right here and right now? I would guess that most of the time, It's completely taken out of context, and it was not written for their current problem and situation that they're going through right now. We want to hear things that confirm our bias. Now, I actually kind of like hearing the other side of a story. I like seeing the whole picture. I don't mind hearing a story and then going and finding a story that completely contradicts that one story that I just got done reading. But we do this kind of thing with our friendships. We do this kind of thing with our relationships. Where we surround ourselves with people who just believe and think the way that we believe and think. We do this with our churches. I mean, how many of you would be willing to go to a church that says things that maybe hurt your feelings from time to time? I mean, I've known pastors who shied away from certain subjects just because they didn't want to offend anybody in their congregation. But I've also been around pastors who will say just about anything and everything because they really don't care if it offends you. But what ends up happening is, Those individuals who just say whatever they want to say, or maybe they say the hard truth, a lot of times they run into a lot of problems with those people in their congregation. They get a lot of emails from people who are really angry. They get shunned by a lot of people who used to be in their congregation because we only want to put ourselves in situations and around people that we agree with and make us feel better about ourselves. But you have to realize this. There are a couple truths about wrong voices, about surrounding ourselves with the wrong voices. First one's this. The wrong voices tell you what you want to hear. The wrong voices tell you what you want to hear. In short, these are yes men. They tell you exactly what you want to hear. So when you ask their advice, 
they're just going to tell you everything you already know, and they're going to tell you all the things that make you feel better about yourself. I mean, you could be violating scripture, you could be ruining relationships, and those individuals, they'll just tell you five reasons why you should just keep doing you, boo. You just keep doing those things that make you feel good, because guess what? Guess who matters most in this world? It's you, your numero uno in this world. Don't worry about anything else. You do what makes you feel good. And we surround ourselves with these types of relationships. And we surround ourselves with these types of individuals. See, Rehoboam, he found those individuals. If you remember the beginning of the passage, it says that he had these elders that were his, his wise counsel, but they didn't say what he wanted to hear, so he got rid of them. And what did he do? He found guys who said everything that he wanted to hear. This is exactly what Rehoboam did. He found himself some yes men. Here's another truth about wrong voices. It's this. The wrong voices have no track record of success in the area you struggle with the most. The wrong voices have no track record of success in the area you struggle with the most. Rehoboam surrounded himself with a bunch of younger people. No, the problem with that is these guys did not have a track record. They didn't have a proven track record. They didn't have the experience that the older council had, that the elder council had. These younger guys had no track record. But we do this so often, don't we? Where we seek advice from people who are struggling with the exact same things that we are struggling with. And they're struggling with them currently. I mean, don't go and get relationship advice from an individual who is currently struggling with their relationship. Or who has had a failed relationship. That would be ridiculous. Their advice would not be very good because they don't have it all figured out. They're still struggling. I mean, if you're struggling with addiction, you wouldn't go find another person struggling with addiction for advice on how to stop struggling with addiction. That would be completely ridiculous. It would be the wrong move, and you would be given horrible advice, or you'd be told to just keep on keeping on because it just makes you feel good, and it makes you feel happy inside. You'll have individuals that will let you go into debt to buy whatever you want to buy just because they have no skin in the game. They don't care. Or maybe they're in a large amount of debt too. I've been around people who were in large amounts of debt, and they would encourage me to go ahead and just buy whatever I want because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That's bad advice. I mean, you also wouldn't go to an individual who maybe goes to church once a month or every other month, maybe twice a year, and they rarely read scriptures. You wouldn't go to these individuals for scriptural advice. No, you see, you get my point. That would be a bad idea. See, Elizabeth and I, a few years back, we got involved with uh, this, this business called Advocare. 
And uh, I'm not going to give you my opinion on, on their products. I'm not going to give you my opinion on, on the business model or anything like that. But we got involved with this because we had a friend who told us that we should get into it. And see, we, were, we were starting to get healthy. We were starting to eat better. And we wanted to be a part of a program that maybe would help us with that. And so we had a friend that, that said, hey, you know what? You should get involved with AdvoCare. And so we did. And I'll never forget, there was one night where uh, our friend who was the recruiter uh, invited us and, uh, and several other recruits. And, you know, we were there, we're sitting around, we're eating finger foods that were healthy. And, and we were just discussing uh, all the products and everything like that. But I'll never forget, looking around that room, there were so many individuals who were completely unhealthy. Now, you have to understand, we were trying to sell health products. And in my head, all I could think was, well, I would never buy anything from this person. I mean, they're extremely unhealthy. They're extremely overweight and and they just eat whatever they want and they don't really exercise. Why on earth would I buy any products from that person? I wouldn't. They're not even using the products. Why would I follow their advice? And the answer to that is, I wouldn't follow their advice. But why is it so important for us to understand this? Why should we care about this? Because this is what happens to us when we surround ourselves with bad counsel. It's this, if you shun wise spiritual counsel on the front, then you will pay the price on the back end. If you shun wise spiritual counsel on the front, then you will pay the price on the back end. So you have two options when it comes to making godly decisions. You can either prepare or you can regret. You can either prepare or you can regret. You can either prepare or, or you can repent. Many people spend their lives having to repent for all the bad decisions that they have made. And why is that? It's because they didn't prepare on the front end. They didn't prepare by surrounding themselves with wise, godly counsel. Or maybe they just, they got wise, godly counsel and they just said, nah, I don't like that. And they found somebody else who would tell them exactly what they wanted to hear. This is what Rehoboam did. So what do we do? How do, how do we make sure that we don't end up like Rehoboam? How do we make sure that we don't make the same bad decisions that Rehoboam made, that we don't make the same mistake? What's our next step? It's this. Invite wise counsel into your decisions. Invite wise counsel into your decisions. We have to surround ourselves with individuals who will speak truth and be willing to, to speak harshly into our life sometimes, even when we don't want to hear it. Remember last week we talked about King Solomon. He was this wise guy that made a couple bad decisions, but he actually wrote the book of Proverbs. And this is what it says in Proverbs 11, verse 14. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. This doesn't mean that we go onto Facebook and we air out everything that we are going through. That would not be a wise way of seeking counsel. That's a good way to get some bad advice from a lot of people who are not invested in you. 
This also doesn't mean that we go around and we just talk to anybody who will listen to us, right? We don't just go find the person that's sitting next to us and just say, hey, what do you think about this? How should I handle this situation? We don't go to these people to find godly wisdom. We don't just go to a stranger to find godly wisdom and counsel. But instead, we need to invite wise counsel when it comes to doing major things. We need to surround ourselves with individuals that we know will speak truth into our lives. And when we do that, we invite wise counsel when it comes to doing major things in our lives. Like buying a home, making a career change, maybe moving across country. Whenever we're going to make a major decision, we need to be willing to talk to individuals who at least tell us the truth and be willing to give us godly counsel so that we don't make the same mistakes that King Rehoboam makes in first kings. We need to invite people into our lives that will challenge us. You need to invite somebody in your life who is willing to challenge the way that you think. But here's the problem that we have. Too many times we invite people who just tell us what we want to hear. Too many times we invite yes men into our lives to give us counsel. And as a pastor, we all the time get people who just want to tell us things. They don't want wise, godly counsel. They just want to inform us. And I personally, I don't really like meeting with people who just want to tell me all their problems and not actually have a solution for those problems. So you can either email me or you can text me and then, you know, I can say, oh yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm praying for you. But but I don't really want to meet with somebody who doesn't actually want to get better in the situation that they're going through. Why is that? Is that cold? No, it's not cold. If you don't want to get better, then why are you even talking to people? What's the point of doing that if you're not going to invite wise, godly counsel into your own life? I don't want to have the mental energy sucked out of my life by just being informed by people who don't want to get better. And I can guarantee that a lot of you at home probably feel the same way, that you just don't have that mental energy to hear people complain and complain and complain, but they don't want to get better. We have to be willing to invite wise counsel into our lives. So how do we do this? How do we do this? The first thing is this, find people who challenge you to become better. Find people who challenge you to become better. If you look in the book of John, there's a story uh, about an individual who was suffering for 36 years uh, by the pool of Bethesda. And in in this story, Jesus confronts this guy and says, hey, do you want to be, do you want to be healed? And, And the individual says, well, I'd like to be healed, but, and he begins to make excuses. See, he probably was used to making excuses because he was surrounded at the pool of Bethesda by a bunch of other individuals who were going through the exact same situation that he was going through. And what they did was they fed off each other and they just made excuse after excuse after excuse. See, you can either get bitter or you can get better in life. You can get bitter or you can get better. The man at the pool of Bethesda was bitter. Nobody put him in the pool so that he could be healed. And I bet others complained just like he did. 
There are people in your life that would love to feed into your bitterness, that would love to egg you on to say, that's right, you didn't deserve that. That's right, those people don't like you, they hate you. They feed into your bitterness. That's what King Rehoboam had, right? He had those individuals who were feeding into his anger that he was feeling as a result of his subjects complaining day after day. The second thing is this. Be receptive to correction and instruction. Be receptive to correction and instruction. Again, Solomon has this to say in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Wow, that, I mean, that's strong. It's stupid to hate correction. See, we live in a world today where people don't want to be corrected. They don't want to be challenged in any way, shape, or form. They want to be boxed with, you know, like bubble wrap on so that they don't get hurt. You know, they, they want to feel good about themselves. They don't want anybody to challenge them or correct them in any way, shape, or form. And the wisest man ever says, this is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. You know, and if you grew up, <laughs> if you grew up like I did, maybe you have, maybe you're thinking, you're not supposed to say stupid. Well, guess what? Hey, I didn't say stupid. It's in the Bible. It's stupid to hate correction. A fool hates to be corrected. And guess what happens? If you hate to be corrected, you're going to continue to be a fool. The wise invite correction and instruction into their lives. And finally, find people who sound like God in your life. Find people who sound like God in your life. See, when I was growing up, there was this really big movie that came out. It was called The Prince of Egypt. And, and for some of you, you might be thinking, wow, you are super young if you enjoyed that movie when it came out. And, and for others of you, you might be thinking, what movie is that? How old is this guy? But this movie, it was a huge deal when it came out because it was a biblical story made into a major motion picture. I mean, it was in theaters everywhere, and it won some awards, and it was a big deal because it wasn't some cheesy, you know, straight-to-VHS or DVD movie that, that you know, in, in religion <laughs> that sometimes we find these days. No, this was a really big deal, and, and it was an even bigger deal because there was a bunch of famous people who were the voice actors in this movie. And so uh, when I think of the voice of God, I actually think of Val Kilmer. And, and that's because Val Kilmer was the voice of God in the movie, The, the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> but, but anyway, you remember the story of Samuel and Eli? And, and kind of in a nutshell, what this was, was uh, Samuel was dedicated by his mother, Hannah, to be uh, obedient to God, to live a, a life of ministry. And she dedicated his entire life to God. And, and as as Samuel grew up, he became closer and closer and closer to God. And, and, and Eli, the, the Jewish priest, was his mentor at the time. And one night, Samuel heard this voice calling out, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel gets out of bed and he runs immediately to Eli. 
Why is that? Well, I bet that, that God's voice sounded like Eli, his mentor. See, I have people who sound like God in my life. And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. Don't take this the wrong way. Here's what I mean by that. I have several individuals who are pastors, and they're pastors to pastors, and, and they've helped me make major decisions in my life. They provided wise counsel, and they, they know me, and when they speak, I'm able to hear the wisdom of God through them. One cool thing about Thrive is we have a directional team here. And Pastor Kevin, he talks about them all the time. And the reason why he talks about them all the time is because they provide godly wisdom. They speak godly wisdom into his decisions and into this church and where we're going. Their voice carries a godly weight to it. When I was younger, you know, I was graduating from high school. I was about to go into college. I had to try to choose what college I was going to go to. And um, I was struggling. I was uh, dating this girl who I'd been dating for several years. And uh, I really didn't want that relationship to end at the time. So I was willing to go to a university that was close by just to make sure the relationship succeeded. And I can remember my youth pastor who, who always provided me with godly wisdom and who wasn't afraid to, to tell me something that I just didn't want to hear. I remember he told me, don't make such an important decision based off of your relationship with this girl. It could have long-lasting impacts on your life if you make that kind of decision based off of something like this. Now, I did not like that advice at first. In fact, I hated it. In fact, I didn't talk to him for a little while because he told me what I didn't want to hear. But eventually, wisdom prevailed. See, God was speaking through my youth pastor. If I had made that decision, if I had stayed in town and not gone to Nashville for college where I really wanted to go, I would have never met Elizabeth, who's my wife. I would have never met her. We would have never had three beautiful kids, and we would have never moved here to Richmond. My life would be vastly different had I made that decision and not listened to wise, godly counsel. Brothers and sisters, today this is my prayer for you, that you would surround yourself with godly people, that you would invite godly wisdom into your life, that you would invite individuals who are not afraid to challenge you and to speak truth into your, into your life. And that as a result of inviting those individuals into your life, that you would draw closer to God and that you would be willing to hear God and to follow his plan for your life. Guys, stay tuned for next steps. <laughs>